How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? What's the real truth about Citizen Kane? It'll probably turn out to be a very simple thing. Hello, everybody. I'm Max. And I'm Parker. And welcome back to Better Than Citizen Kane, the highly subjective show where we look at a movie and ask the question, is it better than Citizen Kane? If you like Citizen Kane, that's fine, because we're not here to hate on it. But when every movie ever made is a reasonable challenger for the title of greatest film of all time, you have to wonder... Better than Citizen Kane? So, retire your defenses, except for the ones that you want to keep up, and have a good time as we dive into this week's pick, Will... Not Will. Will, say what the pick is. I am better than Citizen Kane. (laughs) (laughs) It's Jaws. Steven Spielberg's masterpiece jaws all righty never uh, heard so, of it yeah that sounds it's really the cool. one with the uh, big shark oh yeah the oh. big shark right? yeah ringing some bells uh yeah. well why don't, why don't you tell the listeners a bit about yourself why are you here what are you doing oh here? what are you doing here what you great get we didn't invite question. you to this call you just you, appeared <laughs> i literally got i have two invites in my mailbox to prove otherwise no i oh, should say four mm. invites to prove mm. otherwise because it mm. has been a audiovisual nightmare trying yeah it's to been a bit of a time trying to get this up yeah um i think i can officially we don't know who, no one can say who was having all the problems <laughs> i suppose my name's half on all of these podcasts so i feel like i can cut in every now and then (laughs) i am an i am an odd brother uh parker and i are partners in this beautiful entertainment industry and has invited me to share my my vocal talents with you guys here this week talking about jaws i don't know why why am i here (laughs) Exactly, exactly those reasons. You are we're one half of the Odd Brothers. You're a good friend of Max and I's, and you're uh, a very savvy film connoisseur. So what we wanted to start doing is uh, we talked about this a little bit last week, but we're going to be bringing on uh, starting just with people we know, but eventually we'd love to branch out to just anybody who has really great expertise in film. Just, to, just, just, just anybody. anybody. Just Whoever anybody. You, if you want to be on here, you can. They yeah, don't right they tell you this, but the no. the Zoom link's just open. It's true. Yeah, there is no join. screening. Yeah, there's no Actually, screening process. If you want to find the Zoom link, you have to listen to the previous three episodes and you'll find clues scattered. It's an ARG. <laughs> only if you listen in reverse. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so we, we want to have people come on and bring their favorite movies. And uh, Will was um, very, very close to picking something else, but ended up going with Jaws. I think we need to tell Max the journey that I've been on. I think that yeah, sells, you need to talk like, about this. How I, would... I just think that like the journey that I've been on with Jaws kind of just sells how great of a movie Jaws is. I don't yeah. know. There was a minute Parker asked me what my favorite movie was. I have debilitating ADHD and can remember no information about myself at any time. So I was like, oh, what is my favorite movie? And I opened my letterbox and saw that Jaws was the number one on my top four of the favorites. So I was like, I guess Jaws is my favorite movie and told Parker that. And then I watched Singing in the Rain and had a deeply spiritual experience. And I was like, this is my favorite movie of all time. I love Singing in the Rain. Jaws is, I think I took Jaws out of my top four. I had this whole like restructuring after Parker asked me to do Jaws where I took Jaws out of my top four favorite movies of all time. And Parker was like, are you sure? Like, (laughs) like, I don't have debilitating ADHD. 
are you sure that this is the way that you actually feel? And I was like, yeah, totally. I, you know what? These are the best movies ever. Like Jaws is out. Palm Springs is in. And then I, we, I watched Jaws last night and I think I got about halfway through before I had to just like accept defeat and add, add Jaws right back onto my top four and text that new four to Parker but I didn't even have Jaws in my number one spot until <laughs> I was like, you know what? Why would I ever doubt Jaws? Jaws is the best. You can never you can never bet against Jaws. And then 10 minutes later, I had to move it to the number one spot because I doubted Jaws again. This is my like conversion story is all that I'm trying to say is like <laughs> Jaws is after watching it last night, the singular greatest movie ever made. I, like, this is my spoiler of where I'm going to land on this. It's better than Citizen Kane because it's better than every other movie that has ever been made. All right. All right. Well, you High ruined standard. my funny little joke where I was going to be like, but is it better than Citizen? <laughs> so I'm yeah. glad, but I'm glad that you've made it so clear your stance on Jaws. But I we have to have a debate about this. We, yeah, have, to, well, we have to discuss. That's the, no, that's the episode. That's, that's it, it, everybody. Thanks for listening. So we I answered mean, it. Are you going to argue with Will? I like the this, idea. He's been on this emotional and spiritual journey to You're going to look this? him in the eye and tell him he's wrong? That's the tricky thing with bringing out a guest is like you you do this intro and every time you ask, is it better than Citizen Kane? I just want to go, yeah. And then <laughs> and then it's over. Yeah, so it's gonna, Who's going to bring a movie that they like less than Citizen Kane? But that That's is fair. that is something that I do want to talk to you about, Will, is that I was looking at Citizen Kane on, on Letterboxd last night, and I noticed that you've given it, I think, four and a half stars. I think you, you've you rated it higher than, correct me if I'm wrong, I might have misseen, but I think you you like it more than Parker and I? Is that is that true? I think that's an interesting point. I'm coming in here <laughs> hot and swinging, ready to like declare Jaws the winner, and also I probably like Citizen Kane the most out of... Out of the, the three, three of us, us here. Right. I love yeah. Citizen Kane. I Here's my like difference between four and a half stars and five stars that I've landed on is like four and a half stars is a movie that I watch that makes me remember everything that I love about cinema. Mm. And five stars is any movie that any person could watch and learn something new about why they love cinema. Mm. And I think Citizen Kane is not capable of that. You no. cannot show Citizen Kane to just anybody and have them be like, ah, oh, maybe movies are an important art form. Mm. But it certainly makes me feel that way. And not for any reasons other than I, I think it's like so cool that Orson Welles made this movie, like kind of accidentally. It feels mm. like a complete accident that he made what was considered the best movie of all time for so long. And that makes me so happy for him. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's yeah, fair. That's a good take. That's yeah, that is a good take. And that's uh, I mean, dear listeners, we're figuring this out as we go because we haven't had a guest yet. But I do like opening just like, hey, what are your thoughts on Citizen Kane before we get started? So that's yeah. that's very good to hear and gives us a good frame of reference. So, Will, why don't you tell our dear listeners at home who, for whatever reason, might not be knowledgeable? Uh, what's this movie? What's this movie about? What's Jaws? Yeah, I'm Jay. I don't know. What What is it? If you haven't happened to see or hear about maybe the movie that changed the way that humans consume movies more than any other movie ever made. This is a movie called Jaws, which is made by a fellow named Steven Spielberg, who, if you haven't heard of him, he makes a lot of movies. I don't know That's him, but I do, thing. 
I know Sammy Fableman. Yeah, that, I don't know. So, don't. Yeah, that's right. He's uh, he's like the big kid version of Sammy Fableman. Oh, oh it's okay, like a gotcha. Pokemon evolution. Gotcha. Yeah, so okay. he okay. he leveled up and became Steven Spielberg kind of right after the Fableman's ends. He oh. he evolves. Um, gotcha. into Steven Spielberg. And I can't and wait to see what Steven, Steven Spielberg, Spielberg evolves into. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, can you imagine? <laughs> He's like this guy who just likes to go and make the best movies ever. It's kind of his whole thing. And Jaws was his first major one. And this is based off of the book by Peter Benchley, which is a book about a town being terrorized by a great white shark on the East Coast. And... Everybody wants to just keep letting the town, the shark, eat people because the town needs to stay open on the 4th of July. Their beach is how they get all of their money. On Amity Island is tourists coming to enjoy the water for the 4th of July. And so the government is corrupt. In the book, it's a lot about the mafia. And in the movie, it's just about like small town government corruption, which I really enjoy. And we got Sheriff Brody, who's kind of the lone man out there trying to keep everybody from getting eaten by the shark and eventually hunting it down himself. It's the coolest. And I would say the only film in human history that will ever stand the test of time of getting everyone in the world to root for a cop. (laughs) (laughs) We were saying that while we were watching the movie, uh, I think it was just his intro scene as he's heading out. I just turned to the group and I said, you know, Chief Brody makes it so hard to say a cab. It's, it's so hard. <laughs> it's the one movie that's like, there's one good cop, I think, actually. <laughs> this is the thing that kills me with Jaws. Is the shark. The, the big shark and its <laughs> that, teeth. It's got a what, lot of teeth. That's, and that's what the would one kill thing. You. That's the one thing that's going to kill you in this movie. Yeah. I don't think anybody dies any other way. On the island. Is that true? Is, are, there are no non-shark related deaths. There are it's not. just the big boy that gets you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the thing that kills me, though, personally, on an emotional intellectual level and not a physiological level, mm. is how much better this movie is after you've watched The Fablements. It, like, makes you understand Spielberg and where he's coming from so much better. Because The Fablements is about, like, what's the power of cinema? And he tells us that by being like, you can make movies that sometimes hurt people's feelings. And that's meaningful and has power. But that's just his way to try to relate to the rest of us human beings because he's made movies that are so good that species have almost gone extinct. That is like Jaws. (laughs) That's a good point. Jaws is not just scary on an audience level. Jaws scared humanity on a species level to the point that we declared war against sharks and tried to kill Every single one of them. There was like a moment there in the 70s and 80s where I think we would have been happy if we made great white sharks go extinct because we thought that they were the scariest thing to ever happen to human beings. They were our like personal species antagonists and we had to take them out. And (laughs) that Spielberg just accidentally making such a great movie monster. That's yeah, where's the Fableman sequel about about Sammy making his jaws and then afterward he's like, oh, no. Movies can also kill entire oh, species. They can like harm each, things. There's just a series of movies of just Sammy Fable making movies and going, oh, no. Oh. Another thing I can hurt by making a movie. Dang it. <laughs> like, I think that Steven Spielberg 
probably feels bad that he's maybe also singularly responsible for like museums hoarding ancient artifacts that don't belong <laughs> to them just because Indiana Jones was so cool. Like Indiana Jones is the one it's the one movie where you're like, well, museums aren't that bad. <laughs> like he just makes you he humanizes every single character mm. in in Jaws, especially even the shark. You don't if you watch Jaws and you take away the message that like you should kill all the sharks, I think you lack film literacy. <laughs> like <laughs> it's it's so obviously a movie about how humans are the monsters and hmm. the shark obvious like the shark needs to die it's it's gonna keep eating people that's really bad but sharks do that sometimes i don't know i think this shark is a bit of a stinker i think this shark goes out like he deliberately goes out of his way to do things that no shark on the planet would ever do like repeatedly ramming his head into a boat until it splits like and like psychologically tormenting these guys on a boat for like three days by just like dragging (laughs) barrels underwater using all of his energy to like just mess with these guys jaws eats the light the power that controls (laughs) the lights on the boat he is he is totally intelligent and messing with them for sure. Right. This guy deserves to die, but I don't yeah. think the movie is about like all sharks. Sharks are die. like this. No, the no, not about at all. Like this one, sharks a, a real stinker, right? And like it's it's <laughs> that's what I was gonna say is like this is my main point that I wanted to make sure I say about Jaws is I'm like this movie tasks me with a with a huge with a huge suspension of disbelief, which is that I know for a fact that all sharks are just silly guys. They are curious critters. They're big fellas who don't know any better. And they're the dogs of the sea. And look, I, you know, I've spent most of my life being anxious around large dogs. So of course I would be anxious around a big shark. But this movie asks me to believe in a shark that is, that is mean on purpose. And, and it, and it, and it works very well because I do believe it. Have you seen Jaws 2? No. No. So Jaws 2 takes this to the logical next step. Right. Which is that Jaws gets, spoilers, blowed up at the end of this movie. He's dead. And Jaws 2 is about another big shark that is so mad about his friend Jaws getting blown up that he has a personal vendetta to just go out and mess with and kill Sheriff Brody. Jaws 2 is not about a shark that's like, hey, this beach is full of a lot of kids that I can eat. It is like, there's a man named Sheriff Brody whose life I need to ruin. I need to ruin his marriage. I need to ruin his relationship as a father. I need to make sure he loses his job. I'm going to do everything in my power to hurt this man emotionally and then eat him with my big mouth, which is so funny. That is very funny. They're so funny for that. I do agree that like, Sharks are silly, goofy guys. Um, mm-hmm. have, I, have either of you swam with sharks before? Yes. No. Yeah, I, I, I got the chance to do that last year, I think, or the year before down in Florida. And it is this weird thing where, like, you're around them. And as you're observing them down, you know, probably 20, 30 feet below you in the water, just swimming around doing their thing. And it's very peaceful watching them. But there's just alarm bells going off in your head of every time you've ever watched this movie or any movie inspired by this movie of just being like, if he turns his attention to me, 
for whatever reason, it's all over. There's nothing I can do. And it's it's very unnerving. And that's crazy, right? That that's just Steven Spielberg that yeah. did that. There's no reason like beforehand that I should feel scared of sharks. They're not scary animals. Yeah, I mean they're as scary as dogs. They're, but it's they're, so burned into all of our brains. Yeah. And they're also like as scary as any other animal. Like mm-hmm. in that you don't want to run into a bear when you're walking around. Like and obviously there are a lot of bear movies where they're like bears will kill you. And it's like, yeah, and they will, because those I feel like bears are more mean naturally than sharks are. I don't remember where he- I was going with this. What oh, I'm you hearing what? from you-, you is that we desperately need cocaine shark. That's what no, I'm I've, gathering. I've yeah. actually wanted to pitch for you guys. I've I've because Cocaine Bear just came out and I believe that Sci-Fi Channel just announced they're making Meth Gator. And mm. I wanted to pitch for you guys my feature film uh, drug animal monster, mm. which is a movie called Weed Rex. And it's about <laughs> a Tyrannosaurus Rex that accidentally eats an entire dispensary. And yeah. it becomes the chillest, coolest guy until the munchies kick in and then it becomes <laughs> a, a horrific film love it it's got the green light let's go yeah let's do it i mean that's better than five jurassic park sequels so. i think so. uh, Rio, uh my 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 darling lady wife some she's worked in like marine husbandry and she loves sharks and jaws is her favorite movie of all time as well and it has been since she was like a kid she has much better taste than me it's always been jaws for her and she makes a great point which is everyone loves to talk about the animatronic in jaws and how faulty it was and how clunky it is and like how hard it was to control and you don't see it very much because it looks awkward that's just what sharks look like legitimately (laughs) they just look like robots sharks look fake you see when you swim with sharks in real life you're like oh that does look like an animatronic actually (laughs) like that doesn't look real at all and it's Mm -hmm. not that i think bruce is all that bad of an animatronic i think sharks just look fake and and that's a great point that was something i was noticing this watch around that i want i want to come back to so bring up the animatronic again later will um but first before we jump into that i would just love to go around the horn with everyone and see what is your experience with this movie when did you see it for the first time? Like, what were your thoughts? How often do you watch it? Like, what what are your thoughts on this movie? Will, why don't you start us off? I came to Jaws really late. I didn't do horror for a long time in my life. I got into, like, horror as a genre super late. And I think I watched Jaws for the first time as a part of an intro to film class in my undergrad. And our intro to film, like, where Parker and I met, our sort of mentor there... His religion is that Jaws is the most perfect movie ever made. And so we watched Jaws and it it worked for me on that level. That was probably let's do the boring like old people who used to go to college thing. How many years ago was that? That's got to be 2015 as eight years ago, probably. Since then, I've watched it probably a dozen times. I feel like I just find my way to this once or twice a year, especially because it's Rio's favorite movie. Mm -hmm. We just kind of roll into it every now and then and it always is better than i remember it that's my i think that's my relationship with jaws that's fair what about you max um similar to will i came to this pretty late but you know it's it's seeped into our pop culture our pop culture is soaked in jaws um and you know so i 
I knew things, but I didn't see it and like properly. I probably like saw part of it. My dad probably turned it on at one point and was like, you want to watch Jaws? And I was like, hmm, I get it. And then I left because I was like 13 and didn't care about movies in the way that I do now. And then I think it was like probably around at some point in high school, I must have watched it for like the first time all the way through, probably when I was like 15 or 16. And I watched it and I was like, yeah, that was good. But again, I wasn't thinking about movies in the right way because I was sure. just... I don't know, something switched for me at some point, but for a long time there when I was watching movies, I wasn't, like we would talk about them and I was thinking critically, but I wasn't like understanding. I, I'm still trying to figure out exactly what yeah. happened to me or what I was doing for all those years. But, um, and then similar uh, at a certain point, I watched it in college. I watched it for a class. I think it was for film history, you know, post 1952. Uh, and that's when I like it connected for me where I was like, oh, damn, this is really good. But even then, that was like a few that was like a few years ago, handful mm-hmm. of years ago. And then when I watched it for this podcast, it fully clicked for me where I was like, oh, OK, yeah, this is like a really incredibly well put together film. And again, like I recognize that. But I think that there's a tendency for me of like if someone has told me that a movie is really great, then I just go, OK, great. Like, it's made really well. I get it. But, like, now I feel like I finally am, like, starting to understand, like, how it's put together, how it's working, and it really works. So that's kind of my experience with it. Nice. Very nice. Uh, Yeah, I kind of, I don't know, not split the difference between the two of you, but I think I probably got to it the earliest. I, uh, this is fully a dunk on you, Max, but I saw it at 13 and understood it immediately, actually. (laughs) I actually got I got all of it. Got all of it. I don't know know what your problem was at 13. Yeah. No, I like so I I started my film journey like really going hard, like studying film and watching a bunch of movies, probably about the age of 12. And my resource for that and like if I ever I don't know, mm. um, but my resource for that and like the one piece of like philanthropy that I want to do in my life, if I ever just have money to burn is just go to public libraries and buy them as many movies as they want. Cause that was my film education is that I went to the local library and I would, they had a great movie selection. I would just rent everything. I just check it all out. And that's where I saw Jaws. And of course I'd heard about it a lot, especially growing up being obsessed with star Wars. Like you hear, you hear Spielberg mentioned a lot with Lucas. I'd seen Indiana Jones at that point. Um, obviously, I'd seen stuff like E.T. and Hook and things like that. But Jaws, I was always told, well, you need to be a little bit older. Like, it's kind of an you know, intense movie or whatever. But uh, I, I officially, I, I snuck it in under the guise of, well, it's a PG movie, so I, I should be <laughs> fine. And I have very distinct, like, sense memory of sitting in my bedroom and my dad had gotten me an old um, Mac Tower desktop from his work that they weren't using so that I could like be editing movies and trying that out. But I would also just watch all my movies on it. I love love the Fate Woman so much. (laughs) (laughs) But just like that specific experience of sitting in my room, lying in bed, watching this movie on like a computer monitor across the room like that has such a very specific emotional response for me with a lot of movies and Jaws is one of them. And so I'm watching this movie by myself, probably like, I don't know, maybe two in the morning because I had really bad insomnia as a teenager and just terrified the entire time. The one specific jump scare of the head popping out of the boat, like wrecked my shit. Like that was terrifying. Yeah, awful, absolutely awful. Watching that as as like a 12 or 13 year old and just be like, what is this? But no, I really enjoyed it. And I haven't, I don't think I've revisited it as often as maybe you have, Will, but it is one of those that like, 
very quickly I realized, yeah, like that, that was a really good movie. And as I've gotten older and matured and, you know, learned more about film, it has kind of reached that upper echelon of like, it is a perfect movie in my mind. Like there's just, I, there's nothing in there that isn't working for me, which will be an interesting conversation when we get into like our criteria with all of that. But yeah, I've just, I've always loved this movie. And uh, last night we were watching it with some friends and one of them asked me like, if Jaws was my favorite Spielberg, and I don't know. I think it's a toss-up between, like... I, I love Raiders. I think uh, Raiders is amazing. Like, I think that is him at the height of all of his powers. Like, technical, emotional, thematic adventure, all of that stuff. I also really love Last Crusade, but, like, it's, it's like splitting hairs. Like, Jaws is so far up there for me. And he's, I think, my second favorite director of all time. So, you know, it's hard picking a favorite. But Jaws is just... I don't know, it's just really, really solid. And I, I, same sort of thing. Like, it always gets better when I watch it. It always holds up so much better than I think it's going to. I think you have to make, like, very pretentious metaphors when talking about Jaws. Like, it it maybe is the movie that is the most, like, like a, like a wine tasting or something of, like, I know literally nothing about wine. But I imagine <laughs> at some point I have, I have, you know, I have a theater degree. So therefore I have a lot of friends who are sommeliers. And <laughs> if you, I am, they seem to understand something like the language of wine. And anybody who has a great wine, I imagine will be like, yeah, that tastes really good. Mm -hmm. But if, if you speak the language, it's like, oh, this is a masterpiece. This is perfect. This is working on every level. And Jaws and Spielberg works because if you just like watching movies really passively, they're the funnest movies in the world to watch. And if you want to, like, interpret and speak and engage with the cinematic language that he's using to tell that story, it works on this much deeper level that hits, that checks all the boxes. That is, like, shocking. Like, this movie is so good. It's so good. I had a panic attack last night. <laughs> it, like it just every scene, it never stops doing the best thing, making the smartest choice, telling you the story in the funnest, most engaging, most cinematic way possible. And it just mm -hmm. keeps going. And the dialogue just keeps better, getting better. And all the characters you thought were there to just be funny, get more human and you understand their motivations more and more. And you end up feeling for every single person that you didn't, think you would even care for the mayor like i forget that the mayor gets this kind like sort of redemption scene mm -hmm. where he's yeah, like my quiet. kids were on the beach too like where he realizes that he fully messed up it's yeah. not a guy who like triples down yeah, he doubles down but I he does always, not triple down. i always feel like i i feel like i always forget that that is the case for some reason i've always yeah. been under the impression that he remains that person for the whole movie even though the last half of the movie and parker you talked about this when we talked about it of like it always feels like that that second half of the movie with them on the boat chasing the shark is like shorter than it is but it's the entire second half of the movie mm -hmm. and so like it's always surprising to me of like oh yeah the mayor has already had his like you know like my kids were on that beach too and he signs the waiver and then he's done like that's, yeah, that's it. it we never that's, see him again i that's just very it's always unexpected to me like i always forget about that because i it's, think i forget a lot from this movie and then i watch it and i go oh sure yeah, yeah. It's like it's way too late, but he makes the right choice, which is such an interesting moment to add into your movie. Like it's so it mm -hmm. is so satisfying and totally un, unnecessary. There's no reason Sheriff Brody couldn't just be like, this is out of control. I'm taking a boat and blowing this shark up. Mm. It feels like 
he feels obligated to humanize every character before the runtime is over. Yeah. No, I think that's very fair. Something that was really interesting to me that I was thinking about, and we talked about it a little bit, Max. Most people point to this movie being the beginning of the blockbuster. Like this in Star Wars two years later. Like that's the one-two punch that is like, all right, this is what Hollywood is now. And some people are really down on Spielberg for that. Like there are people who are like, you ruined cinema. Like you ruined, the 70s was this huge avant-garde artistic boom of cinema and you ruined it with your blockbuster popcorn trash. And watching Jaws, it does not feel like a blockbuster. Like there's exciting moments. There's that energy to it. But like, can you imagine a Marvel movie that has a scene of the dad and the little kid mirroring each other at the dinner table because he's sad? Like, it's such a quiet moment or, in this movie. Or a really tense, like, five, four to five minute monologue about just death and you don't flash back to it. It's just mm-hmm. an actor performing. <laughs> yeah, just doing it's, their thing. That That monologue is the moment where you're like, this is an art film like, <laughs> yeah. oh, my God. And I, think, I, and I think that that's there's a distinction to be made of Jaws wasn't made to be a blockbuster. It was a movie that was made and became a blockbuster. He just and made a movie those, so good mm-hmm. that it that became blocks a blockbuster. Got busted. Yeah, the, the blocks were busted. <laughs> they couldn't not bust. And so I think that's maybe like a point of difference is like movies after this are like, oh, well, we're going to be a blockbuster. What did Jaws have? It had tense moments. It had adventure. It had some humor. Yeah, and, and and a big explosion at the end. Great, and it's yeah. like I don't know. Like this, this didn't invent the. This wasn't. This isn't intentionally designed to bust blocks. <laughs> no, it's just. A, it's just a good movie. It's, it's just a, a good it's, movie it's, that it's, people it's wanted movie to that go. People see. wanted to keep going and see, and that was it. Yeah. Um, and something I hadn't realized. I'm realizing this now on air, thanks to you, Max. But like I hadn't connected You're before in my brain. Yeah, thank you. No, this this is an epiphany for me. Which is, um, so Will and I, you know, are creatively uh, partners, and uh, so we make our films together, and one of the films we made, we made for um, a class that I was in, a directing class, and I brought it in, and there's a big lengthy monologue at the end, and part of that just kind of comes from Will's and I's theater background, is just we're very much interested in actors and working with actors and actors doing their thing. But the actress on screen is talking about some traumatic event, not unlike what is going on with the Indianapolis speech. And I showed it in class and my professor tore me a new one. He hated it. And he's like, we sh- it's, he's like, this is cinema. This is film. Like, we should be seeing what she's talking about. And I've never been able to put into words why I disagree with him other than just like, no, I think I want to just stay with the actor. But you're absolutely right. Like, that scene would have been awful if we just cut to some flashback showing us what he's talking about. Like, we're there listening to him the same way the characters are listening to him and like that's what the drama comes from and like that's kind of will and i i think have been very inspired by films like this in that regard of like yeah no like let the character moments breathe it's the other the modern one-two punch of this with steven spielberg still being prolific so many 50 years Mm -hmm. later was the fablemans and avatar 2 coming out so close to each other that my my kind of wombo combo experience with those two movies was seeing Avatar 2 and coming to the conclusion that James Cameron hates humanity and therefore hates me. And then watching <laughs> The Fablemans and kind of finally realizing that Steven Spielberg deeply loves humanity and therefore loves me. And Jaws is the same way of like, this that monologue is not about this incredible, horrific cinematic moment where sharks ate all of these soldiers 
it's not about seeing anything. It's about us somehow understanding what experience would would, would create a human that is like Quint because he is insane. He is mm-hmm. off the charts. Like he is a caricature until that monologue, and then you fully believe everything he's said and done in the whole movie. Absolutely. Totally. And I think maybe I shouldn't say this because it's going to throw us into. Yeah, Max, this is where Max gets racist, everybody. <laughs> no, oh, boy. This is Max uh, is we were waiting say, for it. I don't he's think drop you should it. do it. I don't think you should do it, Max. Yeah, Max, don't. Come on, buddy. You're better than this. Looking at the Hurt Locker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. I'm in. Looking at the Hurt Locker, Parker, something we talked about looking at that was how making and it's kind of it's an ethical discussion that's had like i had it in a few classes outside of film and in film that sort of thing it's something that people talk about but like making a film about war and about like the worst of humanity but showing it is on some level uh making a spectacle out of it and you know Mm -hmm. not to mention jordan peele's note i'm I'm mentioning it which also is kind (laughs) of you know it, it owes a lot to jaws as do many 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 movies Um, But like this idea of having spectacle that is of horrible things as well is something that a lot of people do, but that Spielberg in this situation, obviously one, the budget probably wouldn't have allowed for them to recreate the Mm -hmm. Indianapolis and 700 people getting eaten by sharks over the course of five days. But like this idea of allowing a performance to convey that and not feeling the need to make a big spectacle out of the horrible moments. Right. And out of like all these things. I don't know. I, I, that's just something that came to mind. I don't know how relevant that is to the discussion. No, that's really hand. good. Just quit. Every choice he's making as an actor is so spectacular. Like he mm. is such a spectacle of a character that the horrible thing is the, is the justification and not the cinema. Like he is the cinematic thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it and it makes more clear the, you know, the message at the end. He ends it with, but we delivered the bomb, you know, yeah. like that. Will, that's interesting what you brought up earlier of like, yeah, this movie is about how horrible humanity is. And it's like that monologue is so makes that so apparent that that undercurrent, that huh, that undercurrent, that theme. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's the response that gets. Yeah, yeah. yeah really. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I'm happy to have earned that from you. Like, let me pitch for you a movie about a village of giant trolls that live near uh, in a forest where some humans are running around. And and one of these humans kills a troll. And so all the trolls are like, well, let's go find every human we can blow them up with dynamite, stick hooks in their nose, hang them up and take pictures for the front page of the newspaper. If the sharks in this movie were humans, it would be such grotesque horror that it would be unscreenable like Mm -hmm. the way that humans are so flippant about their treatment of sharks which i feel like are so obviously beautiful creatures in this movie like when you have the one shark that they get and they open its mouth and it's covered with blood i don't know maybe those of you who saw it earlier than me maybe i'm just too woke but like (laughs) if you see this as a 12 year old are you like that's a monster and i'm so glad they killed it or is there not something so sympathetic about that shark and you hate that they it's so bloody and it's got the hook in its nose and it's being like yeah i don't know what's what are your your experiences as a 12 year old who watched you like they got they got him see i i was not rejoicing over the fact they got that shark mostly because he looks like you said he looks just kind of 
sad. He's a sad little guy. I feel no remorse when they blow up Jaws. Like, he's got gnarly teeth, and he's huge, and he's mean to people. Like, there is no part of me that's like, oh, but that was a living creature. Like, no, that's a monster. But the first shark, I'll give you, 100%. Like, there is no part of me that's like, yeah, I got him. It's because Steven Spielberg's a genius. (laughs) This is what you were saying, Max. It's because, (laughs) it's because sharks just do their thing and sharks are just sharks and they don't deserve to be executed for that. Jaws is not just a shark. Jaws is smart and wants to hurt you. Jaws mm-hmm. has made the decision that he's a bad guy and that he just can't and won't feel remorse and therefore Jaws deserves to die. But like, mm-hmm. because Jaws isn't an animal. Jaws has a human brain. And right. Does Jaws has- not therefore deserve a redemption arc? <laughs> no, Hey, there's five movies for that. <laughs> Jaws thinks, therefore he is. Oh, one more thing that I want to mention about the Indianapolis speech really quick, just because I think it's a fun little factoid, and I like fun little factoids about film, is just that that was no one person's creation. Like, that started on the page with the screenwriter, then Spielberg reworked it a little bit, and then Robert Shaw rewrote a ton of it. And so it's kind of this amalgamation between all three of those collaborative forces, and I think it's all the better for it. Because I think there are definitely, like you were saying, Will, about like, he's making all of the best possible choices. And I think that's coming from him getting familiar with the material and reworking it. And Spielberg having, I mean, honestly, having like the self-assuredness as a director to just trust his actors in that way. Because I feel like a, a mistake that a lot of young filmmakers make, because this is this is his second theatrical film. It's yeah. his first ever. It's his, um, yeah. Yeah, because Duel was a TV movie and then Sugarland Express came before this. So this is like, you know, really his first one of this scale, working with actors of this kind of caliber. And I think a lesser filmmaker would want to try and like make themselves the star of the movie rather than trusting their actors to do that and to bring the material to life in a great way. And so I I just really love that scene because it just feels like a really perfect amalgamation of the relationship between writer, director, and actor. So yeah, I just just love that little bit. You know what I can't believe is that they got Ted Cruz to play the mayor in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) The last time I saw this movie, or the last like really memorable time, maybe this is a part of my history with Jaws, I took my brother to go see it when it was in theaters right at the end of quarantine. So it was like Mm -hmm. my first time back in a movie theater and it was a Jaws Fathom event and my brother had never seen it. And it was insane to watch this movie during the peak of COVID. Yeah. And just like, this is the best pandemic movie ever made. Absolutely. I watched it, I think, two months after lockdown happened. And it was just wild to me. Maybe not too. It it must. I think it was later. Because I was just watching people ease up before they really should have. And then watching this movie gave me an existential crisis. Because I was like, oh, human beings have just always been like this. Like, you you watched Jaws before we had any real context for, like, people having the power to put so many human lives in danger like that. Mm-hmm. And you watch, you watch Jaws and you're like, this mayor's a real bad guy. Like, almost unbelievable you would just close the beach obviously people's lives are more important and then you watch you know a couple million hundred million people die uh across the globe because we got to make our money it's it's such a i have no idea how steven spielberg knew that i don't know how 
Peter Benchley knew that about humans. Like, I, mm-hmm. I guess we just suck that bad. So I was just gonna say, it is interesting that like what is considered to be the first blockbuster is such an like an anti-capitalist movie. Absolutely. <laughs> like, and also something that stood out to me on this watch. Also, we haven't mentioned Richard Dreyfus as as, uh, as Hooper Richard, yet. We've Richard talked a little Dreyfus. bit about Brody. We've talked a little bit about Quint. And since I am dressed as Hooper, I'm going to bring him up, <laughs> uh, which is, yeah, for those who aren't watching visually, we all did kind of a little homage to each of the men on the boat. I wasn't yeah, sure. Should I have not said that? Oh, well, I, it's, did, it's you guys wanna, did you guys want to leave it as a fun? Little... I'm the shark. Yeah. Will is Will's the shark. shark. Will's the yeah. shark. Will's the, Bruce. Of the three people on the boat, Will is the shark. <laughs> the scene when Quint rips off his Scooby-Doo mask and he's Jaws. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a wild. Like, I mean. Pretty well, ballsy a, move on Spielberg's a, part, but also what a smart that. move on Jaws's part. Absolutely, because no one was no one was expecting him to do that. No, but he did it, and I re- I respect him for that. Kind of, I hate to say <laughs> it, but I don't know. I think I think when I think Richard Dreyfus makes Hooper such like a a pleasant character. You know, it's a character who arrives and immediately makes jokes at people dying and then arrives at Brody's house and is like, I'm going to eat this. And like, (laughs) (laughs) and like, is just kind of, but he makes him such like a a pleasant character that you fully believe that he and Brody are friends from the beginning. And like Brody's Mm -hmm. so excited to see him when he arrives. He's like, Oh, Hey, we just called you. Like he's the most thoughtfully performed and written like ultra wealthy character I've ever seen in my life. Yes. I forget about that one conversation they have every time. And it's so funny and perfect where he's like, this is a nice boat. Where'd you get it? Like, I bought it. Like, oh, are you rich? Yes. Yeah, the whole He's family. like, how much? Me or like, the family. Or the family. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that neither of them are playing, like, an aristocrat, I just feel like is so thoughtful. Mm-hmm. But he's he's the most likable character in the whole movie. It is It is wild to think that this movie is fundamentally about a cop, a rich, <laughs> a rich kid, and an asshole, like a boomer asshole, yeah, killing an animal, and we all and <laughs> we it's ride. like this is the best. <laughs> this is the best thing I've oh, ever man, seen. Oh man, we like these three guys so much. <laughs> yeah, no one else could have ever done this. Like it, it's such a recipe for disaster. Yeah, and and yeah, yet, a, cop, a rich kid and, and an yet. asshole. Yeah. Okay, so should we get on into our criteria? Anything yeah. else we I, want to kind of talk about? Oh, this was the last thing that Rio said that I just thought was really great which is the Fablemans recontextualizing the whole movie. And you just realize how much of Steven Spielberg is in Jaws that I think I didn't realize before with the Fablemans. A whole arc is like he has such an anxiety about things around him that he has to use film to understand the things that scares him. Mm-hmm. And like that's Steven Spielberg experiences that and uses movies to do that. And then he writes his characters who do that same thing in their own way. So like Hooper is so scared of sharks and he becomes or the, of the, what's his like, I'm scared monologue. And that's why I became a shark scientist. Yeah. yeah, He just, he talks about like a a thresher shark eating his boat. Yeah. He like had this traumatic event and therefore his life dedicated his whole life to that thing. Because that's what Spielberg has talked about in shows in the Fablemans of being mm -hmm. so afraid of cinema that he needed to figure it out to understand it. Yeah. And that's his way into obsession. Yeah. And so he writes that for Hooper before he even writes about that being a cinema thing for him. Like the Fablemans is just him 50 years later being like, and here's how I understand humanity, by the way. But like, he's just been doing it. I thought that was, he was aware of that at 26, which I feel like is so much 
self-awareness. Sorry, uh, I forgot once again that Spielberg made Jaws at 26. So yeah, here's, I don't want to talk uh, about this it. Is, this is why I texted you, Parker. <laughs> Citizen Kane and Jaws are the two movies. The, the, the thing that they have in common for me more than anything else is that these are the two movies that I think about to feel terrible about myself <laughs> because Orson Welles made the best movie of all time at 24 and, and then quote unquote did it best again. movie of all time. And Jaws made the best movie of all time at 20 Jaws. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Spielberg. Jaws. Well, wait until Spielberg pulls back his Scooby-Doo mask. His, it's yeah, Jaws exactly. the whole time. The whole time. Um, and Steven Spielberg made the best movie of all time at 26. I'm 26 right now. Nothing makes me want to implode more than thinking about how, nobody's ever going to make a movie I, better than Jaws. And he I, was a kid. I have to make the best movie of all time next year when I'm 24. Yeah, yeah. get on it. Oh, you know, no. it's like out of time for, oh, no. for that's the grand finale of the, the podcast is you're going to bring your movie and movie Will and I are going to judge it. We're going to tell you if it's better than Citizen yeah, Kane. We're just going to put you put you on trial. That's so intimidating as hell. I that's love so that. Funny. We should do that. For a lot of people, it's like 33, right? Like the Jesus age. Like yeah, you hit 33, have you age. saved humanity by now? If not, you are a failure, right? Mm. But in the film world, I feel like it's 24 and 26 because of these two movies. Mm. Once you turn 24, you're like, you know what? I'm not Orson Welles. Citizen Kane's not even my favorite movie of all time. It's fine. I don't have to make it. But once you get to 26, it's like so much harder. The buck stops here. Are you a prodigy or not? <laughs> I mean, how? All right. That's an interesting question that I actually think would be fun to bring up in a future episodes as well. Mm-hmm. How old was Peter Jackson when he made the Lord of the Rings trilogy? He was 19. Oh, no. <laughs> Man. See, that's why that's why I latch on to Hayao Miyazaki as my favorite director, because I'm like, all right, 42 or 41 or whatever. Like, I I, I can do that. I, I can get there. All right. Uh, so, any, yeah. Are we yeah, getting into the criteria? Let me make sure all my funny jokes that I wrote down last night. Yeah, make sure you get all I your material. Get all the tank, yeah. I got to get my material. You guys ever notice that Steven Spielberg just throws a bunch of smoking barrels into shots in this movie? There's just a lot of shots where there's a barrel with a fog machine in it where there shouldn't be. It doesn't. That never happens in real life, but there's a lot of barrels with fog coming out. Speak just for think yourself, about that. Well. Yeah, bada I'm, boom, bada do, I'm, I'm doing the I'm doing the fog barrels every night. <laughs> yeah, I do I do a fog. This is you, my type five. Who do you on think's Jaws. getting that inversion? <laughs> I really like the first time that Chrissy gets bit and goes underwater. She goes fully submerged underwater and comes back up like, huh? Huh? That's that weird. weird. That was weird. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Hmm. What was that? Like, uh, does Jaws just give her a little tug? Does she He's not feel too much? Maybe just like first yeah, time? just like He's bumped like, her. Yeah, because sharks do that. Yeah. I also okay. Here's maybe Jaws the last thing that? I'll say. I started writing all my funny notes and all my funny jokes, and then I realized, no pun intended, this is probably the most well-tread waters of all time. <laughs> you guys have made a podcast that is fundamentally the two of you trying to make jokes about the most talked-about movies ever made. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> like, Why do you think we the did the Hurt point. Locker last week? <laughs> yeah. What a what what a recipe for disaster you guys have created for yourself like we're Thanks, gonna Will. we're going to claw our way to saying something new about movies that have been talked about every okay day let me here's years. a fun challenge everyone say something about jaws that you don't think has ever been said before i'll start chief brody's truck almost made me want to drive a truck it's a very oh, pleasant nice. looking truck cool. i like yeah. the way it looks Take i genuinely time. think one of the funniest line deliveries in cinema history is it's a tiger shark. A what? <laughs> <laughs> it's really, really good. Um, I will resign. I have nothing new to say about Jaws. 
Hey, you know what? Here's my cool new take on Jaws. I think when they do the dolly zoom on Sheriff Brody, that's actually really effective cinema and storytelling. To <laughs> I don't hearing. know. I don't know about that. I it's think Vertigo hacky. did it better. <laughs> no, that's <sighs> good. All right. So we got our criteria. Max, you want to you hit us off here? Um, okay. The criteria are historical slash technical relevance. Um, number two is do we think it's doing what it's trying to do well? And the third is, does it emotionally engage us? Hmm, I wonder what we could all possibly say. I wonder what our answer is. Okay, let, let's, let's start with the hardest for one. Historical yeah, and let's start there. Historical. Because also, we're that, comparing it to Citizen Kane. I think we've done a great job in this episode of talking about Jaws. But I think <laughs> that will counter argument to you saying that this podcast is a disaster waiting to happen. We're doing it through, we're comparing every single movie to Citizen Kane. <laughs> Which will inevitably become really funny when we get to like the bottom of the fog barrels. Yeah, you yeah. Know, this boss like, baby is yeah, going to be. No one's ever thought. Good. Yeah. Is this is the more love historically bug? significant? <laughs> more historically significant than Citizen Kane. We're gonna get there. So okay, okay. I think. So that what, do you, what do you got, Will? If you're talking to a group of a hundred people, family, if you're family feuding this, mm-hmm. which mm. phrase do you think more people are gonna resonate with? Rosebud, which is a big one. A lot of people love Rosebud. Mm. Or you're going to need a bigger boat. And I feel like you're going to need a bigger boat. You can you can say that in any conversation mm. at any time. You can just throw that out there at any point and people will laugh because you sound intelligent and interesting. <laughs> and Rosebud, Fair. you've probably got like a 10 to 15% chance of that landing. Especially as more time passes. And there's less shows making jokes about Citizen Kane. Yeah, I think yeah. I think The Simpsons is he- like the, the only one now. keeping that alive. Is like <laughs> nobody else is making Citizen Kane jokes. You're telling me there aren't just like really like Rosebud TikToks just popping off every week? You know, you know, that's a great question. Like, Citizen Kane, Orson Welles was kind of accidentally secretly doing things that would later be discovered to be like the blueprint for how you make a good movie. But Steven Spielberg changed the business of film forever with this movie. Yeah. Like the Fair. way that all movies got made was different after Jaws. And that's not true of Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane wasn't even watched until like eight or ten years after its release. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fully agree. Like cards on the table, I give it my point for this category. For the sake of playing devil's advocate, I will throw out the idea that Citizen Kane is doing more on a technical level because nobody on Earth has ever made a movie like Jaws again because it was the worst way to ever make a movie. Like, it looks incredible, but they found better ways to do that while being on the ocean and being safe and being on schedule. So I don't think it's pioneering any sort of film techniques. Right. But it did pioneer Steven Spielberg. Right, (laughs) exactly. Which is where where the point comes from. Yeah, Jaws was pioneering techniques in the exact same way that the Donner Party were pioneers. (laughs) Which is like, (laughs) they were going, they were trekking. It's just no one's going to go that way ever again. Like, I think they were pioneering new techniques. Mm. They just found a dead end. I I can get behind that. What about you, Max? I just I mean, again, I I agree. I think you've both made very good points. Um, I do think, again, it's very interesting to look at these two movies compared, you know, because they are two giants of of American cinema, of of global cinema. At this point, they both had massive impacts on 
filmmaking. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do think like Parker said, I think that Citizen Kane is a more technically well-made movie in that it was just a better and safer environment to make a film in. And it is brand new. Whereas Jaws is, I think it deserves the point for all the reasons you said, but also because, uh, because Citizen Kane had, Everything that it, everything that went into making that movie created Citizen Kane, and you'd go, yeah, that makes sense because you did all those massive pioneering techniques. But you, if you looked at the production of Jaws at the time, you you would go, okay, so it's this twenty six year old, it's his third movie, his first like theatrical feature, really, and he's making this movie, and it looks like shit, and the robots broken and like what are you doing and everyone's miserable and then you see jaws and you go wait what he managed like this came out of that i think absolutely yeah i think you got to give it a point for because of how terribly how horribly it was made and how well it turned out i think that's absolutely a testament to it and then for all the other reasons you mentioned the point goes sure. to jaws absolutely okay i, can I get think we've that. i think we've said something new about jaws by omission which is we haven't mentioned John Williams a single time. <laughs> Not once, which is shocking. I think to that's me. new. I think this is a new conversation about <laughs> no one's ever talked about Jaws without being like, yeah, Steven Spielberg's great, but John Williams made this entire movie kind of mm. single handedly and sure. the music is what makes it effective in- entirely. Uh, it just, goes I without think, saying. I think yeah. I, yeah, it kind it's of does, implied. right? <laughs> we all know. Because when you say Jaws, the, it's not even a camera image that comes to mind it's a mm. sound yeah. yeah that's a very good point that's, that's very a very true. very good point yeah no it's it's Common pretty incredible john williams w yeah. can you imagine like, that's if john thing, williams like, did the score for citizen kane it would actually be the best movie of all time <laughs> <laughs> that would that would knock it over the top i have we should no just idea hire him to score. do that just we commission him to, to do a score for, for yeah citizen we should kane now to do a fan cane. wait don't let the studios hear that they'll do it They'll start commissioning people to redo scores. Don't don't let them yeah, find don't, out. Don't, don't let them find out. No one that. send this to anybody, <laughs> especially Warner Brothers. Especially Warner Brothers. Don't tell the uh, brothers, please. Yeah, I deliberately didn't mention John Williams because we will be here for three hours if I start talking about John mm. Williams. So all this to say, changes the movie. My favorite thing they do is that the music is a cheat code for when the shark shows up, and then they change the rules on you for that jump scare with chumming this shit. Like, it's just, it's perfect. It's so good. It's, uh, that's all I have to say. Uh, I don't know. Hot take. What if Jaws has good music? Yeah. Wild. Okay, so next one. I listen to uh, it on mute. So. (laughs) (laughs) I just did subtitles. Does it have music or something? Should I listen to it? Yeah, I don't don't actually know. New Um, character unlocked. The guy who doesn't know that movies have sound. (laughs) He just thought they were all silent. His TV is broken. (laughs) That's what subtitles are for. (laughs) <laughs> on a, a, a completely unrelated aside, I might have told you to this story, so I'll be brief, but uh, I taught a film yeah, history class for us. There's no one else listening. Yeah, no, nobody. <laughs> this one's um, just between us. <laughs> just between us, guys. Might make it to the cutting room floor, but I was teaching film history and we watched Persona and I had a student who watched it and the video feed didn't come in, but the audio did. So he watched an entire hour and 40 minute movie thinking it was an artistic choice. And he came back. He's like, Man, that's kind of wild. Like, I don't know. Like, that was really interesting. I was like, you watched the whole thing? This dude had the dedication to sit through an hour and 45 minutes of nothing on screen and of, just listening. Of, of Persona, the radio play. <laughs> exactly. That is the most beautiful exercise of faith I've ever seen in Yeah, my life. I, I, I don't think he I could ever. He trusted you. He did. He did trust me. And, and he I, trusted. And Ingmar. <laughs> yeah, he, he trusted, he trusted so Ingmar. Deeply. 
trusted Ingmar or trusting Imar coming to the Criterion Collection. (laughs) (laughs) If the Criterion Collection gets one more film that's a love letter to Bergman, I think the world will explode. (laughs) There's no more room for that anymore. Yeah, we can't we can't fit it. Okay, so second criteria. How well is this doing what it's trying to do? You guys already know how I feel about it. It's I think it's a perfect movie. I don't think there's a single... Better than any movie's ever done what it's trying to do. Like, that's the thing is I just cannot... There's not a single moment, a single choice, a single performance, a single shot that I can point to that isn't operating exactly how it feels like Spielberg and his team is wanting it to operate. Whereas, like, there are things in Citizen Kane that I think they're wanting to, like work and they just don't for me personally jaws is a like this perfect object to me i don't know what it is there's just there is not i'm never drawn out of it i'm never bored i'm never like are we moving this along this has been dragging for a while like it just keeps me completely invested for the entire runtime and does perfectly what i think it's trying to do it's sort of indescribable right like it's hard to put into words the feeling that you get watching this movie and the perfectness of it feel and like i don't know if you can explain why it works that way but every shot feels max can can i, I try I can. can i give it yeah, a shot please. i would is that I would okay if to. i give it a yes. shot again as someone who this was the first watch of jaws for me where i finally went oh yeah cinema like well like you were talking about like i feel like i've only recently achieved sommelier status on any level so now i'm like oh yeah okay yeah film language yeah it's clicking for me finally after years of being a film student which is a bit of a but hey can happen for you anytime it comes in waves no it comes and goes for everybody not unlike a shark but for me i think multiple times when i was watching it last night multiple times i had to untense my body uh the entire time the entire movie and i wouldn't even notice because i would be so distracted by jaws that i would then go oh jaws is working oh man i gotta like relax a bit because jaws is working but also, at a certain point, it starts to feel like when you're playing like Guitar Hero, and and some or someone's playing Guitar Hero and they're hitting every single square. You can see each square coming, and they hit it every single time to the mm. point that you stop watching the squares coming. You just know that they're hitting it. That's how I feel watching Jaws. Where at a certain point, I'm like, every single shot in this field fits perfectly into that little slot. Steven Spielberg's got his fingers on on the buttons, and he is. Yeah hitting every single one every time at a certain point that I just go, oh, I can just trust this. I don't have to like watch for it arriving. I don't have to like be like, oh, what if he misses it? I just at a certain point you just settle in and you go, yeah, just play it out. You know, just you're hitting every single thing. I can't believe you found the perfect <laughs> metaphor to describe the perfectness of Jaws. Yeah, that's it's exactly really like spot watching on. At a certain your point, one friend who did nothing in 2008 other than play Guitar Hero 2 yeah. on Expert and you go over and you just experience it at a certain point you stop guy. worrying you stop going oh what if he no he no, did he's it fine. And like, he's got it and every single shot just fits perfectly you're like yeah nothing else would fit there that's the green slot that's the blue slot and you did it steven good job watching jaws feels exactly like the first time you watched somebody play through the fire and the flames <laughs> all the way through <laughs> on guitar hero absolutely yeah yep. that's a perfect metaphor there I we go that. perfect okay so that's another point for jaws which technically already makes it the winner but uh i suppose we can check in on you know I think we've already said what we need to about what we connect with as an audience member, like, and if it's working for us emotionally. It's, I don't know. Guys, anything it's to Citizen add? Kane for me. 
it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely not. Citizen Kane, this is the thing that I do want to say, connects for me so deeply. Like, Citizen Kane is a really human movie, and I think its own, like, gravitas gets in the way of that. I think that's the biggest problem mm. with Citizen Kane, is that you're set up to fail every time you watch it just by its own, like, history and its own... Right the things you've heard about it. And I'm shocked every time I watch Citizen Kane by how much I love him when he's just a cool young guy who wants to change the newspaper business. Yeah, he, sure. It, it is one of the most engaging and likable characters I've ever seen in my life. And then the movie becomes a genuine tragedy. But I think we are so culturally set up to fail with Citizen Kane to fail engaging with it because it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get to the, get to that bad guy part, get to the part mm. where you're mean to your wife, get to the part where you become <laughs> like a capitalist tyrant. And right. it's so easy to skip over his humanity that I think the whole movie falls flat now. Right. Um, right. A little bit in a way, but like, I think if you can find a way in for you that is separate from its own history, it plays all these notes so beautifully Jaws, there's just no way that you can avoid having all those hits. That's the difference between four and a half stars and five stars for me. Like, mm -hmm. it is unavoidable that Jaws will hit these emotional notes for anybody. Yeah. And Citizen Kane, it is possible if you put in the work. Yeah. You just got to keep practicing with your Guitar Hero and eventually it'll click. But exactly. You'll Jaws. It's effortless. You, Steven already did it for you. You don't have to. Yeah. What's the yeah. point? Yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah, emotional resonance, Parker. No, that's pretty much it. I think I think yep. we've definitively hit it out I of just, the park. Like, it makes me happy when I watch people get eaten by a big shark. <laughs> what can I say? Good it's, stuff. It's a very pretty movie. It, it is. It's, it's, it's. I mean, again, yeah, I can't be like, it's very pretty, isn't it? And it's like, yeah, we know. Yeah, we know. We all we got know. it. We know what name, Jaws is. Name a character with like a speaking role that doesn't land for you emotionally in Jaws. Yeah. No, everyone does, especially the guy who goes, the what? The what? The, what? the mom, yep. the, the deputy. Mrs. Kittner. Yeah. Like, yeah. She, yeah. Like, ugh. Every, like, everybody. That's one of the most emotionally. Brody's wife as well. Mm -hmm. Brody's wife, she's yeah. Good. The kids, good kid actors. Yeah. Good, good movie. I don't know what else to say. Good movie. Great picture. Great. What, well, a, what picture. a picture. What a picture. Well, there we go. Thanks so much for coming and joining us today, Will. This was Guys, so fun. I love you both so much. Thank you for we having you. me here. Oh, you got to come back. Come My back dearest, sweetest friends. I'll be back. I'll be back with Barbie and the Princess yeah. of the Popper because well, I think it might be better than Citizen King. I'm going to be honest <laughs> with you. I just watched Princess and the Popper for the first time yeah. and it blew my mind. It's Can't it's, wait to hear about it. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. That's a, I, that is quite my, literally my first another podcast. Experience of, that quite literally is. In fact, Will, where what can, pe where can, yeah, where can we where find can people? Yeah, where can we find people? Oh, where can, thanks, guys. Is there, is there something, there's something yeah, else what, that you do the, that oh. people... Yeah, so Curious. all of us here at the Odd Brothers, we we have two podcasts right now. God. This is one of them that you're listening to, and the other is, is Mind Over Mattel, a Barbie movie breakdown that I do with my lovely lady wife. And you can find me and her there. I'd love to have you guys on. We're planning on it. We've got we've got do, big plans this summer to do Barbie. We've got big, moves. I, we've got big big plans. So big plans. Big I'm moves. excited for the the official. All four of us crossover, crossover. episodes that are inevitable. 
Perfect. Maybe we just do one episode um, with the four of us where we do like, is Princess of the Popper better? Maybe that's the move. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe there's fun. or maybe there's something coming this summer. Yeah, maybe there's the another perfect, big that is the perfect crossover releasing? between. Huh. Hmm. 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 Actually, yeah. You guys <laughs> will have to wait and see. <laughs> Barbie as Oppenheimer. <laughs> <laughs> They'd find a way to make that work. <laughs> I think so. Thank you all for listening. Uh, make sure to tune in in two weeks because we have a very exciting film that we're going to be tackling. Max, would you like to tell the lovely audience what we're doing next time? Yes. Next time is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I hope I don't say the wrong one. Nope. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. That is 100% no correct. No way! The next one is Puss in Boots, so The excited. Last Wish. I'm so excited. We cannot wait to talk about it. It's, it's gonna really be, good. It's going to be so much fun. I can't, I, yeah, because look, every time, because, every, every, you know, we'll be like, yeah, this is the next movie, and I go, right, that's the next movie we're talking about. And then at a certain point before recording, I remember that the show is talking about a movie in context of is it better than Citizen Kane? <laughs> and then I get so much more excited about doing the show again, yeah. and I just realized, oh, yeah, we're going to be directly comparing. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, it yes, goes without saying. I'm very Can't, excited. Cannot wait. Will, thank you so much for joining us again. Thank you so much, Will. It's this been, was really it's great. Been a, it's been a joy. As thank always. you all for listening. Uh, take care and we'll catch you next time. Catch you next time like a big shark. <laughs>